Hi everybody, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Welcome to The Whistler. I sound bad. I sound so bad. There's nothing I could do. I'm Currently, there's a cough drop in my mouth, and I'm going to try to maintain the cough drop so you don't hear the cough drop. Because without the cough drop, it's going to sound like this, because that's how it sounded last night. And that is cool, but not for this show, not for right now. It's Halloween season. My biggest complaint about Halloween are skeletons that are doing this. For the listener at home, this is the, the, finger mo the, the universal finger motion of be quiet. Skeletons should not do, ever do the be quiet motions because skeletons can't hear. That's not how skeletons work. My bones can't hear. There's the things inside of them. Why is every skeleton like this? That doesn't make any sense. This is why I can't scream for the show because you won't be able to hear me. I'm peeking. It's a beautiful thing right now. I love my job because I got to interview Jake the Snake Roberts. Give it up for the DDT. Um, Jake the Snake was my favorite wrestler, and because I'm a, a, a white man in 2017, I have to have a favorite wrestler. Mine was Jake the Snake Roberts. And I, I dressed up as Jake the Snake Roberts for Halloween one year. I think I was nine years old. Um, and my mother didn't know who Jake the Snake Roberts was and did not approve of wrestling, yet decided to make me a Jake the Snake wrestling costume. But I didn't show her anything about Jake the Snake because I knew she'd be upset that I was watching wrestling. So her idea of what Jake the Snake Roberts wore was gray sweatpants and a gray sweatshirt with thick plastic snakes glued to the sweatshirt. Like, probably 20, 10, and 10. By 1 p.m., every single snake had fallen off. And I just look like Hans and or Franz from that classic SNL sketch. And I got to interview Jake the Snake Roberts earlier this year uh, because, once again, I have a cool life and I love my job. And I got to interview Jake. And Jake told me two things that I will take to my grave. Number one, he apologized that I was, he was my favorite wrestler because he's got so, such low self-esteem. He felt bad about that. And then he soon apologized and told me the bedwetting would soon stop because he was an abused child, and that's why he became a wrestler, ladies and gentlemen. Second most important thing I'll never forget that Jake the Snake Roberts told me is that he is Donald Trump's favorite wrestler. Here's why. Don't sigh yet. <laughs> There's going to be lots of moments in this show for you to sigh. This is not yet one. At WrestleMania's 4 or 5, I don't remember which one because uh, WrestleMania's 4 and 5 were both held at the Trump Plaza in New Jersey. Famous, beautiful New Jersey. That's too easy to shit on. New Jersey's a fine place with fine people. Whatever. Okay. The whole front row was full of Trump and his friends, and like they don't give a shit about Carney stuff, except Trump. Trump's totally into it. He actually called uh, Triple H once Vince McMahon's limo exploded in storyline. It's like, is Vince okay? It's like, motherfucker, it's a play. Anyways. <laughs> Jake the Snake Roberts was very upset with all the high rollers um, in the front rows of Trump Plaza. So at the end of his match, he had a snake. This is the late 80s where it was totally okay to just have a snake in a bag. He had a snake called Damien, and he whipped the snake around, and it hit all the people in the front row. One of those people was Ivanka Trump. Or the, the wife. Is it Ivana or Ivanka? I, will I refuse to learn the difference because he wants to fuck them both, so whatever. The, the one that he was currently fucking at the time. His... The, the mistress was literally the row behind. You could watch this. It's amazing. You could see the mistress, the row behind all of WrestleMania 4. He hits her and everyone else in the front row with the snake, and she tried to send goons to murder 
Jake the Snake Roberts in his hotel room. Clearly that didn't happen. He is still alive. He is still with us. The DDT lives on. Jake the Snake Roberts found out about this because a few years later at a separate WrestleMania that Donald Trump happened to be at, he's been at fucking five of them. I wrote a book about it. He said, Jake the Snake Roberts, you're my favorite wrestler because you hit my then wife in the tits with a snake. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's what Halloween is all about. That's what America is about, and that's what this show is all about. Coming to stage is my wonderful co-host, and she sounds much better than me. Please put your hands together for Esmeralda Leone, everybody. Esmeralda. By the way, it's, uh, they're both named Ivana. I just learned this. Yeah, they're both named Ivana. Ivanka just means, like, little Ivana. Yeah, no, they're... I know. So not three minutes ago when I said I will never learn the difference, I now will never know the difference. Well, Even though the you same, just made it fine. a lot simpler. Thank they're you They're the that. same. It's fine. I would like to point out for our, both Esmeralda and the future guests, I usually use the guest microphone, but because I sound like this, I'm using the same microphone. So in theory, you will not catch my sick. That being said, there is a horrible band called Disturbed called Down With The Sickness. It was one of their hit songs, and it sold more records and made more money than all of us in this room will ever make combined, and that makes me want to kill myself. Esmeralda, how are oh, you? Oh, no, that's okay. Just take, take, take uh, solace in the fact that that man is bald as the day is long. That, uh, things don't last forever, my friend. Oh, no, yours will last until your uh, 50s. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it'll be enough. How, uh, I saw you a few weeks ago. Last time we did this show yes. was a few months ago. Anything yes. happened between now and then? What's happened? Yes. Oh. Oh, not that much. Cool. I'm glad <laughs> you're I'm No, glad actually, you're you know what? I wanted because you were talking about your sad Jake the Snake costume. Yes. Um, I, too, had just sad costumes because my parents weren't going to pay for costumes. I a was a witch for, like, five years running. But in retrospect, that's a good evergreen costume. That's yeah, good. but I'm that a kid. Like every year, what are you gonna be? A witch. Next year, what are you gonna be? A witch. Like no, that's not fun. See, I, I hope that if I do have a child and it happens to be a boy, I will dress him up as a witch, not a warlock, every year indefinitely. Oh. Uh, because that's a fun. See, but costume. will you at least spring for the nose and the green makeup? No. Make your own. Why would you it, why make would you your pay? own? Yeah, it's a it's a witch nose. Just throw some crap on there. What who cares? You're a kid. Just get the candy. Who cares? Yeah, but no. I didn't care that all the snakes fell off. I wasn't really? like kidding me. No, I was like, I'm gonna just put on a Blackhawks jersey and be like, oh, I'm a Blackhawk. Who cares? Well, oh, I was gonna I was gonna ask, did he ha does he have a saying or anything, Jake the Snake? No, he doesn't really have a saying. He has got a, a finishing move, and uh, his gimmick was uh, doing all of the cocaine and being intimidating. Were you doing that in yeah. your, with your costume and the snake? He, he, he was the first quiet, loud talker. Does this make sense? No. Okay, so... Can you, can you demonstrate? The, most, the most famous guys are shot, like Macho Man. They're like, ooh, yeah. That's Macho Man, right? Right. And then uh, Hulk is like, Hulkamania, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. and, and Jake the Snake was like... Like, that's the kind of like. Oh, see, but that's even that's a little more unsettling because you don't know when he's gonna pop it's off. It's completely unsettling, and it's the same thing you learn as a child, and then you learn as an adult. It's the exact opposite. All the villains are actually heroes, and vice versa. Now, Jake's Jake the Snake Roberts is making up for. He's doing penance for all of his bad deeds, right? He was always a bad guy in the ring. So now you see, looking back. The guys that played the villains were actually good guys. Ultimate Warrior is a great example. Ultimate Warrior was a babyface. Babyface mm -hmm. means good guy. 
He was, was a, he the one with the, he had the mask? He had the face paint, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ran the ropes. And, and then he grew up to do also all of the cocaine and the steroids, and his heart exploded at the ripe old age of 50. But Aww. when he was like 45, wow. he spoke at our alma mater, DePaul University. Did it for why? And said gays don't make the world go round. See, now that's what I'm saying. Oh. The guys that played the heroes ended up being the real-life villains. Clearly Hulk Hogan played the hero, yeah. real-life villain. We're about to get sued. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, he will. I got nothing, so my credit is shot. <laughs> <laughs> How bad is your credit? Ah, uh, it's average, but it doesn't get me anything. So good luck, Hulk. His name is Terry Bollea, but he had to say in court, Hulk Hogan has an 18-inch penis. Terry Bollea does not. Yes, I Wait, will have more water. Do you think I sound bad? Oh, no. Sorry. He's trying to help you out. I know. I'm making fun of myself. <laughs> He, wait, he, how many inches? Uh, it, well, there, he used to say when, in the character, Hulk Hogan has 28-inch pythons. And then uh -huh. he, and they, had, they had to, like, stretch that out further and be like, well, what else is super big? And he goes, Hulk Hogan doesn't have an 18-inch penis. Or Hulk Hogan does, Terry Bollea does not. I, that just bothers me because wrestling is mainly children watching. Why would they? Uh, even no, it's not. That? It's guys forty and above watching. <laughs> and have, no, you're wrong. And even then, there's why? a brand new understand. pro wrestling tea storefront like less than a mile away. No, but like back when Hulk Hogan was ripping his shirt and doing all yeah. that, it was all like you know little kids. And who do you think he fucked? Those kids' moms. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there's other problems with the WWF. <laughs> We will definitely get sued on. Again, I swear to God, shot. I did not plan on talking about wrestling this much, and I apologize. I would, yeah. no, I just because I th that's like in your DNA now. It is in my DNA now. Oh, I, I am only uh, realizing it that like oh, I've been doing this forever. I've always been the wrestling or the. Or I've the always talking. been fascinated by carny culture, but have no desire to participate within it. I will write about mm -hmm. it and and understand and try to understand it from the outside. Talk to the people on the inside. Right. No, I don't want to be part of it, though. <laughs> you don't want to run an octopus ride? No, I don't. Okay. Remember the Gravitron? Oh, the one... Wait, is that the one where they strapped you in, or you just... Science made it so you would stick to the wall? Yeah, it, it went so fast by a guy that was always listening to Master of Puppets. You stuck to the wall and slowly slid up. Okay, because I was on the one in Six Flags, and I started sliding down. It yeah, was you, frightening. You could do both. You could you could manipulate Yeah, well, it. I thought I was going to get eaten up by the middle, and I've never been back to a Six Flags again. Um, I don't want to do a bunch of uh, remember this stuff, but also at every state, in state and local carnival thing, they would give you the plaques. You'd throw the dart, and you'd win the plaque, and the plaque would be like just a piece of glass over something that they made at Office Max of like a photo of Nirvana or a photo of Metallica. And I just remember having so many cuts on my hands as a child. From the plaques? From the plaques, because they were just glass plaques with shitty cardboard around them. I would think that they would sand down the sides. They did not. Why would they? I don't know. There's no repeat customers at the carnival. They're in and out for a reason. That is, that is true. They're a bunch of carnies. And when I say a bunch of carnies, I mean they're bad people. <laughs> ah, okay. Did you ever ride the ponies? 
No, I never did that. That were sad, like sad little ponies that got like strapped. Did you together. ride the ponies? I did, and then it took a big fat shit when I was on it. It was the worst because I just sat there like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Did they give you any tips like, hey, next time the pony no, because the, well, one the pony can't go anywhere. He's like attached to a like a pole in the middle. It's like a, a real life carousel. It was kind of frightening. I am glad that we've it. become incredibly depressing. It's fun. It's still fun. It didn't sound like right. Fun. Don't you have you been to a carnival lately? It's not fun. Have you been to a carnival as an adult? Yes, but I won't go on anything. Why? Because there's no people get hurt. <laughs> Speaking of people getting hurt, I think it's a perfect time to bring up our first guest of the night because she deals with the internet and that's just a big place for people to get hurt. I'm trying to. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Ashley Ray, everybody. Ashley, you will sit here. Esmeralda will sit here. And this, in theory, will be fun. Number one question slash statement. Ashley, your Twitter bums me out. Are you glad you have Twitter? Yes. Uh, it's funny. It's funny from an outsider's perspective, because I don't have to live your life. Yes. Cool. There's I still think it's funny. Good. I'm glad. I don't know if you know how Twitter humor works necessarily. Oh, I do. I do. But there's, but sometimes, there's sometimes there's stories that are not just one-off observations. Like what happened to you on October 18th? What? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't Looking even know what October Twitter. 18th was. When you <laughs> had to cancel a date with a uh, yeah with a polyamorous man. I was in San Francisco recently. Yes. I went out with uh, well, I talked to this poly dude on Tinder. Uh, <laughs> things seemed great. We exchanged numbers. I'm like, yeah, let's hang out tonight. He's like, okay, 9 p.m. I'll be done working with Uber. I was like, sounds good. 9 p.m. Uh, I was out there for a work conference. I ended up finishing early that day and had some free time. So I hit him up and was just like, oh, hey, you know, actually I'm free like now if you're free earlier or if you want to move things around, I can go earlier. And he got really weird and was just like, well, like how dare you try to move this? And I was just like, no big deal, dude. Just saying I finished my conference early. Let's stick to nine. And things are cool. And then we start like kind of planning things. He's like, okay, we're an hour out. And I'm like, yeah, so hey, are you gonna bring drinks and weed? And he's like, I had my own drinks and weed, but I was like, are you bringing anything? Cause like I was, I'm a, I don't live in San Francisco. I just got like enough weed for me. So I was like, oh, but I, I have the delivery app. So if you want anything, like I can get some weed delivered. I can run to the liquor store. Like, but are you bringing anything? Cause otherwise I won't. And instead he just starts yelling at me about how like tourists just come to San Francisco to like like mooch weed off of people. And I'm just like, you think I'm trying to use you to come up on a gram from an Uber driver? But the thing is, he's and he's just like sending me all these angry texts, but he has Android and the messages are all out of order because I have an iPhone and they're just green and I can't even understand them. And I'm just like, you're angry. And then I just start making fun of his phone. I'm literally just like with your Android ass, just get out of here. Can't even understand you. So then he has his girlfriend start texting me. <laughs> And they're both just like texting me these horrible things, just like, send us your address so we can fight. I thought it was hilarious. I just started live tweeting the entire thing, taking screenshots. It was so funny. I just started sending the girlfriend links to articles that were like, is my boyfriend trash? Should we break up? When to know if it's over? And I just kept sending it over and over again until finally she was just like, okay, I get the point, never mind. Uh, he apologized the next day. So there was that. 
That's what I'm saying. It's enjoyable from my point of view, <laughs> but maybe not from yours. <laughs> so it was a fun experience. It's a story. But do you ever want to delete? Could you guys hear me or no? Yeah. Your mic's yeah. up. Beautiful. There, there it is. There it is. There it is. See? <laughs> I have nothing up here. I apologize so much. And I want to thank the people running the sound. They're doing a fantastic job. That is, I am not making fun of them. I just want everyone to feel, feel good. And we're all trying, and not everything always works out. Like my voice. I wanted to have yeah. a full voice tonight. Do you watch the t television show, The Voice? Uh, no, my mom <laughs> loves it, though. Does your mom read your AV Club reviews? She does. She does. She made an account so she could comment. I don't think she survived the switch to Kendra, but uh, she did make a, a comment, like an account. She would just like comment and reply to people who were kind of mean to me and be like, my baby girl is so smart. <laughs> And I was just like, Mom, please stop it. It's just scandal. It's okay. Like, we just disagree on whether or not Fitz is the worst president of all time. He is. He is. Why do you think that? That Fitz is the worst president of all time yeah. on scandal? First of all, he almost went to war over his mistress getting kidnapped. Like, everyone was like, be a good president and don't send a bunch of soldiers to die because Olivia got kidnapped. That's literally the worst thing you could ever do as a president. And then he did it anyway, but then Olivia saved herself because, duh, strong black woman. So it's like, duh, Fitz, maybe have faith in this woman that you apparently love. How many times have they almost made it official? Uh, I think twice now. That's it? It feels like well, entire seasons are based on that. Only twice. She was with Jake for a while this last season. Uh, she actually like moves into the White House before the end of his term. Realizes that's not how she wanted the power. Aborts his child and leaves the White House. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, we all know this. Yeah. I actually do know that. That's one of the few episodes I've seen. Could you think of a show that has better, a better cast with a worse product? Ooh, yeah, I would say How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, okay. That okay. show is bad. It, it just really went off the rails quickly. Uh, but you, you just have so much talent there. It's sad. Uh, your rundown review actually made me want to watch the rundown. Good. That's the goal. That's the goal. Do you think that, this is a very loaded question, and I don't know the answer. Do you think as a culture we expect too much instant gratification from our content? And I, I'm saying content intentionally. Here's why. My friend Stephanie and I love Drag Race. So we watch the Drag Race reveal on Friday night. And then as soon as we're done with that, we go to YouTube to see who is done. And then we check out the next day, who did the Facebook Live, and now it's on YouTube. Are we expecting too much, or are we in this golden age, not necessarily of television, but of completely engrossing content? Uh, I think we do expect too much, and I think we are in the shit age of content. We're in the shit age of we're content. We're in the shit age of content. Uh, there are too many TV shows on, and not only are there too many TV shows, there are too many TV shows that talk about the TV shows that are on. So you uh, don't it, enjoy. So you don't enjoy those shows. No, not at all. I would never watch The Talking Dead. I have no like desire to like sit and watch people talk about Insecure after I just watched Insecure, and I haven't gonna write a bunch of words about Insecure. Hold on, hold Wait, on. What's your thought on Chris Hardwick? I, like, I guess he exists as a person. <laughs> Like, At Midnight was was a funny show I watched sometimes, like when they had my favorite people on. Uh, I don't know. He seems like a, if Chris Gethard wasn't depressed. That's my take on him. I'm trying to think. Chris Hardwick doesn't drink anymore, right? Yeah, I, probably. And I think Chris Gethard does. There it is. So <laughs> what you're saying is Chris, it's cool to party. Chris yeah. Hardwick, quit being such a fucking nerd. Nerd. Drink again, and maybe you'll be cool and funny again. Party. Do you think you have these feelings about the shows that recap because you get paid to recap? 
That is a part of it. I mean, my uh, review standards are that, like, I watch a show, I have three hours to get a review up. So it's like I watch a TV show three times so I can, like, in a row, so I can get my review up and have it make sense and be smart and have, you know, wonderful analysis. Um, so you get that three hours, and in those three hours, like, you start to see all almost immediately, like, ten other articles come up, and you look, and those articles are literally just, like, recounting what happened in the episode, literally just, like, Olivia went to the White House, and then she did this, and you're just like, why did someone pay you to put this on the internet? Uh, and it's just too much, and it's like, ABC has an after show, and then there's going to be, like, a live thing on Twitter, and then there'll be a Facebook Live the next day, and they just repeat the same things, I mean. But I feel like we're getting to the point where television, every television show is covered the same way every professional sport event is covered, which is great. I From guess. a sports fan's point of view. <laughs> I love it. I get to watch Drag Race and Top Chef and MasterChef Junior. MasterChef Junior is so much better than Rocky I, Master You Chef. know, I, I feel you. I guess like, okay, my favorite show, which I was just talking about, which I'm going to confess to you all right now, is a show on TLC called 90 Day Fiance. Uh, oh. I don't know this show. I'm glad we have fans in the audience because it is the best thing ever put on television in the history of the world. 90 Day Fiance. And before the 90 days and after the 90 days and 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. I will take every single spinoff. That's 270 <laughs> days. That's a lot of days. You're literally, from the minute these people first Facebook chat each other, you are following their relationship and it is the most amazing thing ever made. And so like every spinoff, I'm just like, please give me more. I like follow the after shows. I joined a Facebook group that is like you have to fill out a questionnaire <laughs> to be approved to join because there are people from the show in it who will answer your questions. <laughs> and I literally like am in it once a day just like, Darcy shouldn't have accepted that ring from Jesse. It was messed up. Like, it are they like fiancés though? Like day one? Yes. Or they have 90 days to become fiancés? So it depends on which one you're watching. Before the 90 days is just people who like have met online. They're going to visit the people. And while they're there, they might propose. 90 oh. Day Fiance oh. proper is they already went there. They already proposed. Now they're coming back to America together where they have 90 days to get married. And if they don't, the other person has to go back home. And then after the 90 days, happily ever after is, you know, them being happy and married. Or is it? They're not. They're never happily married, ever. So you want to stand by your saying that this is the worst time or the best time? Because <laughs> it sounds really like conflicted. you're getting literally every single thing you want. Yeah, in I, one show. Yeah, I literally can know like, oh, Paul and Karini, like Paul was arrested for this in like 2015 and blah, 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 and like know all their background stories while I'm watching and then like be following them on Twitter and Instagram, which I do. So is that healthy? I don't know. Speaking of health, are you still seeing the same therapist? I am still seeing the same therapist. How, was it ever difficult for you to talk about seeing a therapist? Uh, not really. Um, I always kind of approach therapy as like a perfectly fine and healthy thing. It was always something I like couldn't wait to have and to afford. Um, I always was just like, yeah, therapist, that's like what cool rich people do to have great lives. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm 100% with you. Do you think that you will stop seeing a therapist once you reach a certain point? Like, is there an end game for you? I don't think so. I think, like, I, I can't imagine a time where I'm just like, I'm good. I don't need to go talk to somebody for, like, an hour a week. Even, like, even if I was just, like, I feel mostly happy and healthy, like, I'd still just want to be like, you know, here's what's going on. You know, here's what I'm doing. What does your mom think of it? 
Uh, my mom did not want me to go to therapy. She did not want me to get treated for uh, bipolar disorder. She was like, if you do it, your insurance will go up. <laughs> she was like, your insurance premiums will go up if you try to get help. Have you tried a lot of vitamin D in the Bible? <laughs> that was literally what she said to me. Follow-up question. Have you tried a lot of vitamin D in the Bible? Uh, I... I don't know if I'd use the right vitamin D. I definitely, I, it was like winter. I, I was heavy on Tinder. Yeah, like I, oh, I definitely yeah. like wasn't getting the sunlight. Have you ever thought, hey, maybe I need the kind of vitamin D that they talk about on my favorite show, RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> yes. Party. Um, <laughs> the reason why I ask about the therapy is because it seems like you live out loud on Twitter. I think that's a name of a, a tagline for a network, Living Out Loud. Uh, yeah, there's it's probably logo or like, something. Yeah, logo, like, um, Out Loud. Because you, you talk very openly about what's going on in your life on social media platforms, and I feel like the longer I've been on it, I'm trying to reveal less and less and less. And the thing that's interesting about it is I've been lying on Facebook <laughs> for maybe since the start of Facebook, since I've been on Facebook. One day I got really bored and I wanted to fuck with the algorithm, right? So I liked literally every single thing that popped mm. up. This is like 2010, so it wasn't a bunch of fake or fake, whatever, gives a shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't politicized yet. So I liked a bunch of video games, books, films. I've never played a fucking Xbox anything. I don't own an Xbox, but apparently I have like 60 of them. So it fucked up my algorithm for the last seven years. And oh, it's, it's still mess up, up all your sponsored algorithm. ads, man. Exactly, which is wonderful. Yeah. That's the point, right? I don't see the things of actual friends. I see things of people I've never met because yeah. they think based on interest, blah, 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 blah. The reason why I'm mentioning this is now there's literally... Um, trials where if you like a certain group on Facebook, your stuff could be censured and used against you. Yeah. I've liked everything. I don't know what's happened. It's a fucking game. By the way, the game is a Triple H's theme. Never mind. So here's where I'm going with this. I'm lying on Facebook for fun. Yeah. You're telling truths on social media. Your mother's worried about your insurance. Your insurance might go up because of what you say on social media. On social media. Which brings me back to the first question. Are you glad you're online? Yeah, I think I am. Uh, for me, I mean, I do tell the truth on social media. I share a lot about my personal life because I think uh, as black women, we don't often get those opportunities in society. There isn't media that's really focused on our experiences, so I try to live that experience as openly as I can. Um, but at the same time, like I understand that social media is a performance space. Like none of us are who we are on social media. Uh, it's kind of like processing your truths for consumption. Uh, so I think you have to think about it that way. But then when you add in this layer of Facebook being like, oh, how people interact on this platform actually is how they are and let us package that and sell it to advertisers as a real human and their real interests, that's when it gets way too messy. I recommend people following you. Well, thank you. Um, uh, not really a final question, but let's just talk about how great The Good Place is. Oh, man, I fucking love The Good Place. I love The Good Place. Oh, just, it's so I good. Just, uh, Are you caught up? It. Are we all caught up? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I haven't seen the last two or three episodes. I know. I don't have Plug cable. your ears. Cause yeah. Okay, number one, it's there's on network television. You can't say you don't have cable. Yeah, like it's literally yeah, on I know, NBC. but my it's antenna on NBC thing. And Hulu. And the, I don't Do you have Hulu? No, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Hold on. No really, one, you can get a Hulu oh, password actually, in 10 seconds yeah, on Tinder. Yeah, just say, hey, could I have a Hulu password? Now you have Hulu. Um, do you pay for cable? No. I didn't think so. I have yet to meet a recapper or anybody that writes about television that actually pays for their own cable uh, package. My, my job pays for all of my TV Party. Stuff. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, here's my wife's theory about The Good Place. 
they're not trying too hard to force any tropes down anyone's throat. And the fun part is how are they going to get out of it? And the fun part of The Last Man on Earth, at least the first season, was how are they going to get out of this? But then it just became tropes of, like, this guy's yeah. wacky. So wacky and annoying. I could barely watch the last season. But now, for The Good Place, we're in season two, and we're still like, how do they get out of this this writing hole that's is wonderful? And they're not forcing any tropes down our throats without, yeah. in, in theory, right out of any stereotypes other than people from Florida are stupid. <laughs> That's the only stereotype they're I mean, really pushing. Every time that joke kills. Yeah. But I, I think in this last episode, you see them kind of looking at, at a formula for an episode that could be kind of episodic that they could reuse, but it, it, it's going to wear out where there's that same reveal every time where it's like, oh, but actually... And, and so I don't, I don't know how they're going to find a way to, to stretch that out. I think eventually we're gonna have to sh like change locations. Uh, I think we're gonna have to see some kind of shift in power. I mean, the stakes are just way too high for the show at you this point. I already know how it could end perfectly. They don't have to reshoot anything. The, uh, the series ends with, it's just a continuous loop of Enterprise commercials. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. It does make sense. Um, thank I'm assuming you've at least seen one episode. Oh, fuck. Come on. It's so good. It's so good. It's that literally Ted called Danson. The Good Place, not The Bad. You would think it's not good. Ted Danson is yeah. so hot. But it's good. Hot. Yeah. It's so good. First of all, Oh, what Ted a controversial Danson. statement. Ted Danson's hot. Wow. Well, he's like older now. That's how the, that's how the world works. Men get hotter. It's awesome. I'm it's the saying. best. He's like super chat. Did you know that he has like a disease where he does not have a peck on the left side of his chest? It's Shut just the flat. fuck up. It is like impossible to find a picture of Ted Danson without his shirt on because of this. So it's like a forbidden. Do you, wait, do you think he doesn't work out his pecs because no, he knows like, only one will be big and then the other one will be nothing? You can still see under his shirt. Like no, you can't. Like he literally like wears stuff so like you can't. And that's why even when he was like big and famous and doing Cheers, you never saw topless photo shoots with him. Okay, hold on. He, you know, he used to be a pitcher, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's a there's a famous cover of him um, in Fenway Park, and he's what what. I have no fucking idea. That isn't the point is, he was an athlete. I'm sure that's how we could find the photos of like a 20-year-old Ted Thank you. Thank you. I learned about it because I was looking at Ted Danson's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Poland syndrome. There's just no peck His there. throwing arm is probably the one without a peck. It's on his Wikipedia page. It's real. Was he a lefty or a righty? I don't know. Oh, you're just fucking with me. Beautiful. I feel like it makes a I difference. I did find one picture of him at the beach, and he's like, it's from the side, and you can kind of tell something's up, but it's not very detailed. What an amazing... But he's not like a big pecked man yeah. to begin with, so I would think he just doesn't work the pecs out. Yeah, and now he's older. He like doesn't work out. He's like a dad bod. Yeah. So now it's just kind of like... Yeah. So it's fine to have like a Hold on, you think Ted Danson has a dad bod? Yeah, absolutely. You live in Chicago. You... Most yeah. everyone in here has a dad bod, and Ted Danson, no offense, looks better than everyone in here. I mean, I, I saw the pictures of him on the beach. Uh, I mean, I'm I mean, he does look a, good in the good place, though. I'm assuming he he's does. just a thin, spittily guy. Yes. He's, he's got some, like, tummy on him, and he doesn't oh. have, like, a left peck, so. <laughs> oh. Just, like, try to find a picture of Ted Danson without it. Like, LaToya Ferguson and I were doing it on Twitter for, like, 20 minutes. So... 
That is the perfect place to end it. People should follow you on Twitter. Where can they follow you? Uh, A-R-A-Y-Y-A-Y. And um, people should read you whenever. And you usually share whatever you're Yeah, yeah, right for the AV Club, Vice, Jezebel, have some stuff coming out. Follow me on Twitter. I share all my links. I have a book that'll be coming out in January. What's the name of the book? Uh, Dating the Zodiac. Yeah. So you really hate Ted Cruz right now. Hate Ted Cruz. But I love jokes about him being the Zodiac killer. You know, so he leaned much. into it last week. Right? Oh yeah, that was yeah. like that was too much. That was like when Broad City had Hillary Clinton on. It was just like pandering. Like, don't. I don't know. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. Please put your hands together for Ashley Ray, everybody. I like having writers on the show because they know how to talk into microphones, and that's not sarcasm whatsoever. We used to have a lot of musicians on the show. We no longer do. Well, we don't talk to them. That is correct. <laughs> you just go, sing your songs. Esmeralda's on the radio most every night. Um, some of the shows, they do have bands on. They do, and it, it is a bit rough when they have to talk. When is the last time you talked to a musician uh, on the air, and it was like, oh, this is a worthwhile conversation? Oh, no. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Coming, mm. to a sta coming to the stage is a man who just celebrated his birthday in one of the most interesting and depressing ways possible. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Adam Homer Lawson, everybody. Adam. Adam, how are you? I know you're not talking into a microphone yet. I'm just going to say it. Hello. There you go. I don't like how you said that. Why? I don't like how you introduced me as someone who had a depressing birthday. Okay. Do you want me to explain what you did for your birthday, or should you? I just don't like how... I'm gonna ask you a question. Were you there? No. Okay. Wait, but was it depressing? No, 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 no. I'm gonna ask you a question. Were you there at my birthday party? No. Okay. So how can you fucking pass judgment on my shit? You know. Did what I you mean? say it was depressing? Did, but but okay. So people say shit like that. All <laughs> I just don't like it's fucking. I don't want to do this. I know this is your thing, right? Yeah. And I'm fucking. This is great. Got a lot of cool people out here. Round of applause for yourselves. But fuck it, I don't like how you came at my fucking celebration and you called it, hey, this, uh, coming to the stage, like I haven't done shit else but have a shitty birthday. Hey, coming to the stage is a motherfucker who no one loves. Uh, give it up for this fucking lonely piece of shit asshole. Well, we didn't I don't say fucking, no like, one loved I'm you. Not, I'm not here because I'm a fucking reject of fucking, you know what, I ain't, I ain't the fucking bearded lady or nothing. I, 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 I did some cool shit. Things can no, be no, depressing no, 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 and this not is loved. Or Just and loved. Just K. JK. What the fuck was your birthday? This is great. Go for it. He sent out a Facebook invite. And I invited you, and you didn't come. Yeah, I don't live here. To, I live in Washington, D.C., baby. It's horrible. It's horrible. I like Washington, D.C. because no buildings are allowed to be taller than that. Uh, bullshit iconography that we assign importance to. Yeah. So everything is less than that bullshit iconography that we assign importance to. So everything is like three feet tall, but goddamn is the sky blue. So <laughs> let's fucking round of applause for uh, assigning meaning to nothing <laughs> that allows us to see a clearer sky. The Facebook <laughs> event cover photo was a still from the infamous David Hasselhoff on the ground eating fast food while drunk. You intentionally chose the saddest fast food famous person photo possible. Yeah. Then it was, hey, let's go to the Wendy's for my birthday. It's, it's the Wendy's by the laundromat. 
Oh wait, I saw that. That that was for a Did birthday. Did you see that? Did you see that? I didn't see that it was for a birthday though. I don't like how this conversation. Did it is say taken. it in the title? Because I, I just like, remembered the drunk thing I and then the Wendy's. I came to talk about my art. We are. My, we are. And my vast accomplishments. And all I could think of but was instead, where is the Wendy's but no, but by let's, a laundromat? But let's fucking backtrack. But instead, from I was fucking sitting right there enjoying you, I, I was gonna fucking compliment you. You've been doing this shit for nine years. Guess what? Your skill shows. None of this does. <laughs> I know that's how it. But you guys have been doing this for a long time. You're a great interviewer. But when I fucking left my seat and I go, this son of a bitch came at my shitty birthday. I'm 28. <laughs> no one has a good 28th. No. If, if you had a good 28th, raise your hand. I had a good birthday. You're f oh, of course you fucking did. Yeah. Oh. All right. Okay. So future is anyone 24? Who else has any more moot points? Usually I'm the villain. <laughs> I was trying to set it up where I'd be the villain and then you would be the conquering hero. Dun dun dun. But you did not want to take that route. And let me tell you, this is it's a lot easier being the hero. <laughs> you hey, talk wait, about, though. You, but you talk a lot about wrestling. I'm definitely a heel, dude. I Having know. A heel I know that now. So easier to fucking sell. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I actually but in order to actually sell merchandise, you need to be a face. Speaking of merchandise, just kidding. Hey, wait, though, where is this Wendy's by the laundromat? This Wendy's by the laundromat is on uh, California. Uh, the Wendy's uh, uh, pop quiz hotshot used to be a KFC. Guess what? Changed that shit up. Now it's a Wendy's. So it went from genetically modified. You know what? K okay, real fast, another tangent. KFC wait, had. Wait, with the, with what, the taco can I fucking, This is a fucking uh, abrasive show. <laughs> this is an abrasive show. I feel like I'm dealing with like two of my mother-in-laws. You know what I mean? Like, this is. What do you do for a living? Oh, I. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't fucking finish, Miss Wild. I didn't have a chance to. Fun fact: KFC had to legally change its name from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC because what they're selling. Guess what? It ain't chicken no more. No, it's more. an urban legend. You're it's wrong. It's a fucking. No, it's not. It's an urban legend. It's an urban legend. So wait, is there the ta is the Taco Bell in that one? Is that the... Yeah. What happened to the microphone? Oh, at California. We are talking about Wendy's. Well, there's a, ca there's a California Derby Park. There's Wendy's. a Taco Bell KFC. I don't like how you did that. <laughs> We're talking about Wendy's. Square burgers, round hearts. They put heart in their burgers. Guess what? Wendy, this is a real fact. I want you to look this up, Point Dexter. <laughs> Wendy was a fucking orphan. She got adopted by Dave Thomas. Correct or am I wrong? You know what I mean? He put her fucking he put her fucking unloved face on. <laughs> he put That was the okay, this is sad. Like your birthday. <laughs> so did anyone go to the Wendy's by the laundromat? Yeah, there was uh uh my friend Joe Tang, who I knew from the drug days of my life. Uh I don't do drugs no more. Uh but I used to do a bunch. Uh, that's behind me. That was a sad segue to nothing. It's not even a segue. If it's a segue, it leads to something constructive. So one person went. <laughs> no, it was more than it was more than a, a re rehab buddy. Uh, Joe Tang went. A lot of my uh, work coworkers went. Uh, What's the day job? I'm. <laughs> do you know the answer to this? Oh fuck. 
I am a 10th grade reading teacher. Fact. Did was, you want I didn't know what, what the fuck. Now the audience is against me. That should have had a fucking reaction. Every day I wake up at 5.30 a.m., right? I hop on a fucking train to go educate the youth, and there was no round of applause. Oh, I guess we're all the fucking pope. No, I guess we're all the fucking pope out here. Oh, yes, teacher, that's very noble. I, however, save lives. I'm part of Baywatch. Like, what the f- What school? Uh, no, that's absolutely not. I was recorded. I already got my fucking name on here. I ain't gonna fucking... What neighborhood? How long does it take you to get to work? Inglewood. It takes me 50 minutes. Uh, Blue Line to Jackson. Jackson to 63rd. Quick five-minute walk. I'm at work. Some days I love it. Some days it's amazing affecting the lives of youth. Also, there's no one funnier than a fucking, like, a teenager. Teenagers, they're fucking so quick. And it also helps that there's, like, also 20 of them. And talk about a fucking comedy group, you know what I mean? I don't know if you guys like Broken Lizard. (laughs) (laughs) They're like a regular... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay. You know there's a second one coming up. Okay. (laughs) Who gives a fuck? Here's here that here, guy over there. Here was an actual <laughs> question I have written down. Okay, tight. Do you think your writing is selfish enough to be accepted? Is it too grateful? <laughs> because on the ri- on the page, you do not come off like this at all. <laughs> In your book, it's just full of gratitude really? and hope and like. Really? Yes. Yes. You must have read a different book, there, Johnny. No, uh, I, no, I, animals on buses. Yeah. Oh, animals on buses. Buy it on Amazon right now. I'm a nice person sometimes. <laughs> uh, I think that my writing is indicative of my spirit. I think that this is an interesting thing that you guys put me in, right? I. What did we put you in? You put me on you a. You just st- decided to attack. You put me on a stage where you came at my birthday celebration. Which you I felt, I felt, to. I felt a certain type of way when you did that. That it was people think, people always think, oh well, he he's fucking he it, it don't. You know what's relatable? What's that? A bad birthday. You know what yeah. I was trying to make you relatable. Why? Now you've alienated to sell me. books, you dumbass. All right. <laughs> you are the professional. Who's in the movie? John Renault, the professional, and Natalie Portman, Prin- uh, Princess Amidala. You guys know what the, what the fuck? Yes. It's up with you fucking people. My birthday. Oh, he had a shitty birthday. Yeah! <laughs> fucking a sweet, easy Star Wars reference. I don't know what he's talking about. You know? I don't know. He's talking about Wendy's. He wrote a book. I don't know. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. You know how I know your birthday was depressing? Because of this moment. And also, you were talking about it to me That's true. before the show. That's true. That's true. Did you forget? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no object permanence, to repla- <laughs> but replace object with uh, sentiments. People go, I love you. I go, who, who are you again? I'm your mother. What? You live in the neighborhood. You follow me? <laughs> You wrote a post um, on Facebook recently, and I felt like I was reading something I wrote 10 years ago. Exactly. 
Um, your Facebook is horrible. So it was, uh, <laughs> you were writing about trying to get a window seat at uh, a cafe yes. on Milwaukee Avenue. Yes. And you were railing against all the, the people probably in college. And you were, you were about to start your second book, therefore you deserve that window seat. Well, that what uh, I'm doing this thing recently where I'm performing arrogance. <laughs> In real life, I kind of fucking despise myself, right? But outside, I can do this thing that allows people to at least... I suspend disbelief, and you guys be thinking, oh, he's probably, you know, he's super confident, he's a cool-looking guy, fucking wrote a book, you know what I mean? He's fucking... But guess what? Inside, turmoil. It's a real fucking... Really? Uh, Hold on, stop. Do you really think that people think, oh, he wrote a book, he's confident? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because, because why not? Because, okay, here's the thing. Let's talk about my fucking book. How about that? I wrote a book, and the book deals with my life up until this point, and I'm very honest in it. I'm very candid, and it's it was this expiration into who I am, and that takes a fucking lot of fucking bravery, right? So kudos to me on that. Do I think the book is that fucking tight? I don't know, man. It, literature, literature is this weird thing, because when because when you say book, you want to equate it with these monolithic names. You want to equate it with the John Shevers. You want to equate it with the Joe Neil Hurstons. You want to equate it with the James Baldwin's. That's not what the fucking literature I'm doing is. I'm doing words on a page that make you feel a certain type of way. It's not this, uh, I don't want to say sterile because it's not sterile. It's not this academic, theologic thing. I'm doing like fucking DIY lit, right? When I was fucking, what, how old was I? You don't know. We've never met. When I was fucking, 20. give me, a, what, how, how old? 20? I'll, no, way less. 15. <laughs> When I was fucking nine, I was watching the Guns N' Roses VH1 behind the music. And fucking Axl Rose was saying, yeah, you know, back in the day, we were just drunk dudes on Sunset handing out flyers for shows. And then they eventually fucking became Guns N' Roses. That's kind of what Animals on Buses is. Animals on Buses is a drunk dude handing you a fucking flyer. But one day, he's going to be a has-been. <laughs> You but suck. one day people aren't gonna respect them. Oh God! Okay. Do you legitimately like the music of Guns N' Roses? Yeah, man. Uh, Mr. Brownstone. Uh, I really. I've, I'm. I'm from the South Side of Chicago. I legitimately had not physically touched my first white person until I was 11 years old. I hadn't. Like that's. There's no white people out there. I hadn't touched one. She was my fucking sixth grade teacher, Miss Solid. And she was like, oh, hey, welcome to class. I was like, that's the first white person I touched. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? I hadn't. But I always kind of saw my, like, I fucking like white trash music. I like Guns N' Roses. I like ACDC. I'm really into fucking uh, Blake Shelton these days. I kind of got a white trash spirit. You know what I mean? My dad's a Republican. My well, he's a, he's, 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 he's a black man, a Vietnam vet. Super, he's not super right wing, but he's, it's interesting living with a black Republican. I'd, I'd say do it. Get on Craigslist, get on Craigslist right now and be like, looking for a new roommate, black Republican, over 60. It's going to blow your shit up. Because you're going to be like, this guy's racist, but is he? Can he be? But, he's, but he just says some racist shit. But is he? But he can't because he just has a power. But he's racist still.
It's weird. It's a fucking juxtaposition that's bizarre. My dad's racist. My dad's... Like, can we end on that? Where's my father at? <laughs> How come you guys didn't invite my dad here? All right, do you have any more questions or what? Do you, nope. uh, let's do some more questions. No? In Amazon, type you in... You know, Amazon, Amazon on buses. And... <laughs> Think I'm gonna rush like rush you off the stage? I thought this was the Apollo again. He's <laughs> gonna get a hook. Animals on buses. Buy it. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks this has for been really fun. Interview. This has been really fun. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I'm gonna say nice things about him while he leaves the stage. His book is actually, uh, it's good. It's, it's really good nighttime reading because it's not 50 pages of a short story that's a glorified novella. It's a lot of short blasts of really good stuff. I'm enjoying it. Buy it. The Chicago Reader also loves it. He used the uh, voted the best nonfiction writer. Samantha Irby was voted the runner-up, and she was on the show in January of 2012. We've been doing this show a long time. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Coming to stage is a friend who, who uh, did a lot of shows with me in 2016, and then something really bad happened, and I didn't want to have her on the show again until we were back in the same city. Coming to stage, please put your hands together for Meredith Ketchel, everybody. Meredith, the stage is yours. I want to talk to you as a human being, as a friend. Hi. Meredith, do you remember the last time you were on the show? Uh, I was at the Hungry Brain. Yeah. I don't really remember what happened, though. Party. Esmeralda, do you remember the last time Meredith was on the show? Great. Wasn't this is very... Didn't she do... Didn't she do... Uh, what was that record store? Saki? Yeah. No, she did one more recently than that. Oh. The more recent show, it was when the Cubs were in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Last year. <laughs> okay. And everyone was so happy. And I said, the Chicago Cubs are going to win the World Series, and they did. Uh-huh. And then they said, we're going to have the second president from Chicago, and we didn't. Yeah, we did not at and all. And that's the last time you and I talked oh, okay, on microphone. So I'm your fucking jinx, is what you're saying? No, not at all. Fuck not at all. this. No. God damn it. What I wanted to know is, you deal with teenage girls. I, I do. I work with teenage girls for a, a lot of reasons, but mostly because I love them. That's good. Yeah. It's not a creepy reason. Yeah, they're horny and they're mean, and I love them. Like... <laughs> I get them. <laughs> I watch I watch Drag Race for the exact same reasons. <laughs> so, you want, in addition to that, you and I both love baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You and I both thought November 2016 was turned out differently. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to have you on the show now is because all of those things relate to your life. How are the girls handling? How have the girls handled the last year? Um. Okay. So I work. I uh, I run a mentorship program called AG47 here in uh, Logan Square. It is for girls and femme identifying people ages 11 to 17, and that was our second week back. We have a four month season from January uh, until April, and the second week that we were back was fucking the day he got. In in the office, like oh, like what a sad, dreary January. It was terrible, and we normally start with a thing called a celebration, uh, which in our like small group of women, uh, someone can just like stand in a circle, and then they're, they're like, "Hi, so like I got an A on my biology test, and I want to celebrate it by doing the roller coaster," and everyone goes, chicka, 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 woo, woo, 
and you can be like fireworks and like it's like a very happy like time to be together but the second week that we were together I had to like sit everyone down I was like how are we feeling and how teenagers are feeling right now I don't know how Adam's kids are feeling or (laughs) yeah uh they are angry and excited to be angry it kind of feels like when I was growing up with Bush and it was just like, fuck this, dude. And I would stand out on Route 59 in Plainfield and I would say, fuck Nazis. And people were like, Nazis don't exist anymore. And I was like, ah. Give it <laughs> a minute. don't they? <laughs> um, they didn't, at maybe at that time, really, like in the uh, mainstream. But yeah, they are, we're doing a whole program on messages. So protest art this, the next four months. So look forward to a lot of collages. <laughs> Do you feel like the kids... Are in a in, Chicago's incredibly blue. It's they went like ninety two percent not that way. It DC's the same. Do the kids feel like they have any power in any way whatsoever? Because like, who are you protesting against? Is literally everyone agrees with you. Um, I think from what we've talked about, the girls that I work with feel like their voice, and we do try and elevate this voice. Uh, their voice is like high. You mean the hit television show, The Voice? So. <laughs> I love the voice. I've never seen it. Um, their voice feels like they are um, kind of pure. They're like really like getting unfiltered and they're saying unfiltered things back. And um, they are a little closer to childhood. So when bad things are happening, they feel it in a bigger way. And so they say it in a bigger way. Speaking of bigger ways, uh, the reason why we met is because you're a stand-up. I am a stand-up comedian, yeah. You're part of Chuck. I am I am the executive producer of Chicago Underground Comedy. You can see it every Tuesday at the Beat Kitchen. Is it getting, sh- was it insufferable for months at a time? Why? In the 2017, for obvious reasons. Oh, um, no. Good. Uh, so you're assuming, like, yeah, that most people want to talk about on stage, like comedians want to talk about the fucking political climate. They don't. They want to talk about their dicks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they want to be like, isn't porn weird? And you're like, this is great. I'm a really good producer. I booked this guy. Um, By the way, and when she says guy, she means just men. I only book men. That's our whole thing. <laughs> just white ones, too. They're the funniest ones. There are a lot of them. Speaking though, so. of which, did what? you watch the new Dana Carvey show documentary on Hulu? The Wait, no. What? I don't good. have Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. It's wonderful that you're fulfilling <laughs> your stereotype and apologizing for me to me. Was, I, is it difficult to watch baseball this year? Did you have any hopes during the playoffs? You know what? I didn't have any hopes during the playoffs. Yeah, neither did I. I, I was kind of just like, it's fun. Yo, we done it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been done. It was amazing. I loved it. And I don't ever have to do it again. It was. It gave me an ulcer. And Did it, it really? Yep. Oh, and my it, God. It was very stressful last year. Are, are there Cubs fans? In the room? Just yeah. there's literally guy guy. three of us. There's you a, look like a Cubs fan. Us too. Um, one of the things I liked in the 2016 playoffs was going to your house. <gasps> oh yeah. And you guys, this is this should not be on the show, but do it. You have a fire pit way too close to living trees. Okay, so I did move that. <laughs> I very much did move that. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I built wood around it so that it um so that the fire. So there'd be get more places for the wood to catch. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, how's the art coming? Uh, oh, Meredith's an artist. I should have said that. Oh uh, yeah, I am an artist for a living. As in, uh, as in illustrator. I'm an illustrator. Yeah, I'm actually working on a book right now. I started a book. Uh, thank, thank you. Three it's not three. very far in. Uh, it's called the Chicago Sutra. 
and it is um, it's basically just pictures of chubby people fucking and <laughs> they're all based on me <laughs> and it's just things like oh it's like the bean and um, you know the green river and like sort of like Chicago colloquialisms you got like Calumet Fisheries which is like PU but it's so tasty <laughs> it's far um, yeah it's just stuff like that dibs Eagle Man. Uh, yeah, it's stuff like that. I love that. Thanks. I love all three of the books that we've discussed tonight for very different reasons. I loved Adam's book because it's the angriest. <laughs> Even though it's a lie because it's not angry in any way whatsoever. I'm going to enjoy your book because it's probably going to be optioned by Hulu, which is a wonderful streaming platform. <laughs> and they'll just read a book to you. And Ashley's book also sounds exciting. This is a fantastic yeah, bookie show. Um are you still glad you're here? You're one of the few people that have, will claim to never want to leave. I never want to leave Chicago. I don't want you to leave. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I mean, like, you guys don't know me. I grew up outside of Chicago, and uh, I was talking actually to Adam about this. I grew up in a small town. He grew up in Chicago. We want to switch lives very badly. He wants the, like, small town Amish wave. I only want buses and convenience stores at 2 a.m. Like that. Speaking I mean, of convenience stores at 2 a.m., Probably the biggest shift in your life in the last year has been quitting smoking. I quit smoking. Yeah. Don't clap. She's a fucking loser. Get back on board. I'm a quitter. Be cool. I hate myself. It's fine. Do it's been uh, almost nine months. So you're, after you're rubbing your face with anxiety yeah, right I now. Like, uh, when I think about it, it's weird. But um, yeah, I was smoked from the ages of like 14 to 31. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> no, I'm still probably going to die from it, you know? <laughs> like, my heart is not healthy. I got winded walking from the cab still to here. Oh, and you I, took a cab here? Yeah. You live less than a mile away. Yes. <laughs> it's still very hard for me to get around. I'm basically You're disabled. not overweight. Not yet. Oh, I gained 30 pounds after, yeah, 30. <laughs> you guys should quit smoking. Who here smokes? Hold Guess on. what? They're outside. They're having a great time hold being on. thin. Hold on, being hold on. Super fuckable. Yeah. You said. <laughs> I think we just got a glimpse into your love life, right? <laughs> um, you quit, you gained 30 pounds after quitting smoking. Yes. Okay. So you're going to get back into. So I'm going to get back into smoking. <laughs> Crack, so it comes off your real fast. Your, you said your skin is cleared up. My skin is cleared up. It's no longer, I used to have really bad cystic acne, which is good. It's good to have cystic acne That's is what, what I mean, yeah. It feels nice. It doesn't hurt to sleep or anything. It like, really hurt to sleep? It hurts to sleep, dude. Those things go into your face like so far and the, the nerves touch your teeth and stuff. So like your teeth will hurt. Yeah, everyone makes fun of a fucking dorky-ass virgin, but he's also in, like, so much physical pain. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. <laughs> They'll all kill themselves. Don't actually feel that bad. Oh, you give me a look. Do any of the girls that you mentor have that? Do they have cystic acne? Yeah. Um, none really have cystic acne. One definitely has braces, and she eats a lot of, like, bagels with cream cheese, which, like, if you have braces, will just go into your braces, and then you have to, like, poke it out, basically, <laughs> with, like, a special stick, and she never does. <laughs> She's so wonderful. She knows about history so much, but then she just, like, is spraying, like, little, like, fish flakes at me all the time. Um, teenagers are disgusting. Like, really, like, celebrate the people who work with them. <laughs> Somebody worked with you when you were disgusting. <laughs> Try it. You should have a kid. 
No, I'm not. I would. I would. Lo- I would love to have a kid. I, I used to work with teenagers in Little Village, Lawndale. Um, they never had braces though. We said, "No nerds, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> um, Solid. Yeah. Show great. me your dick. I'll know if you fuck. Nope. Don't. Nope. We're not doing that. That's what we do at mine. <laughs> it's different if you're a woman. Oh yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to follow that up with anything. Yeah. That relates. Thankfully, there are no questions that relate <laughs> to the thing that I and you just said. It's a fantastic. Are you still drinking alcohol? Yes, I love alcohol. Is that the hardest, most difficult time to not smoke? Um, yes, but I also knew myself and was like, ah, I love alcohol more than anything because I am an alcoholic. And I we've talked about this before, but I was like, I still want to drink alcohol. I'm just going to have to power through it. My boyfriend smokes. He would smoke in the house when we drank. So it would be like in front of me, and it was just like, so, oh, it smelled so good. And sometimes I would ask him to hold cigarettes. So I would hold a cigarette and I would like pretend <laughs> like a cool 13 year old who's <laughs> just like, I'm doing it. Like, you know, when you watch uh, like a movie and you see an actress who's like beautiful and she has very clear skin and she pulls up a cigarette very quickly and then she goes, <gasps> I'm a prostitute. And you're like, that's not how people smoke cigarettes. Put it in your lungs. I did kind of like that. But unlit, yeah. Is he still smoking in the house? He does not smoke in the house any longer. Are you, are you trying to get him to quit? I can't get anyone to quit. Does any, again, does anyone in here smoke? Yes. Yes. Yes, you smoke. You smoke, ca- you smoke casually, but like very casually. I have two a week. Yeah, that's insane to that's me. That's casually. I smoked like two packs a day. I love smoking. Side note, Sublime is the most heteronormative right-wing band ever that was disguised as a liberal band of three cool dudes that liked heroin from Long Beach. Li- every single one of their songs is about slut-shaming and about how cool it is to get high, but more importantly, that lady's a slut and I'm going to be her white savior. Fuck the band Sublime. Fuck that dog. Okay. You shouldn't get dogs high. Listen, you could get dogs drunk. You don't get dogs high. It stunts their growth. Anyways. Yeah. No, so I you, agree with all that. You're doing two packs a day. You're doing two packs a day. I was doing two packs a day. Okay. I, I'm at worst, drinking. Like, if it was drinking. and I dated a guy, actually, that lived across the street um, for, like, two years, and he was, a, he was a Coke dealer. So guess what goes really good with cigarettes and alcohol? It is, is cocaine. It is absolutely cocaine. Wait, what oh, did, mwah, what a drug. Yay. <laughs> what did you do more recently, uh, cocaine or smoking cigarettes? What did you do most recently? What Jesus. did I do most recently? Uh, You're getting fucked, fucked most up. Recently. Um, <laughs> what I did most recently was uh, smoke a cigarette. Okay. I, I'm a mandated reporter. Like I can't do drugs anymore. That's a thing that I'm not supposed to do. Do you miss that? Doing drugs? No. The hangovers are too shitty. Let's take away the hangovers. Huh? Let's take away the hangovers. You're taking away my hangover on drugs? Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Is it free? Um, Are you still, you're still dating that guy. I'm dating that guy. You're still dating that guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still every once in a while indulging in cocaine. It's the, it's also the, you shouldn't do this thing. But if, if cocaine was legal, everyone here would have a tiny little plate in front of them <laughs> that they would be dipping in. It's a wonderful drug. It's nothing like you think it is. It's like taking a Tylenol PM, but opposite. Um, just don't do too much of it. It feels great. <laughs> yeah, the ones that are laughing harder have done it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Speaking of 
indulging in cocaine. Are you still enjoying stand-up? Um, <laughs> that's a really interesting question. I uh, I enjoy it on a different level because I produce now and I'm under no like cloud of of happiness that thinks that one day I'm going to be successful from it. I'm not. I'm happy to like give people opportunities and I love that. I think it's a great art form. I think it's hopefully going to die soon. So <laughs> I kind of want to watch that death rattle happen. <laughs> I don't think there's a better way to end the show. All right, perfect. Yay. People could see you where People should follow you where? Always come over to Chicago Underground Comedy on Tuesdays for the best stand-up in the city. It's at the Beat Kitchen. And uh, you can always follow me at MeredithKetchell.com. The book is supposed to come out? Um, when I finish it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Thank Meredith Ketchel, everybody. Thank you, Brandon. You're a wonderful human being. Esmeralda, you got any parting words? Uh, Bye. That's a good one. As yeah. well as going to Ireland, if you have any Ireland and or Iceland tips, uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> those are two different countries. Uh, yeah. Please give them to her. Yeah. And by tips, I mean like leftover euros and money. Oh, yeah. Like that's the kind of tip. Not like. They're Krona. Go to this cafe. We don't it's care. It's Krona in Iceland. Yeah, give her some of that. Uh, we'll be back at the Hungry Brain on Wednesday, November 15th. I want to thank each and every person for coming to The Whistle. This is a beautiful, beautiful spot in lovely Logan Square. When we first started doing the show here, the neighborhood looked very different. Yeah. And It was, yeah. And it's a little uh, sparklier. It's much sparklier. Yeah. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, and I don't think I'd ever say this, but I genuinely miss the burrito place that was across the street from here. Oh, no, I had good memories there. Um, Although I, I don't mind some ramen. That's the thing. The ramen place is good. Yeah. I like the ramen, <laughs> but I'm like, I still wish it was the burrito yeah, place. Yeah, they're not open at four in the morning. And if you're not open at four in the morning, like, what good are you? Exactly. All right. So I think that we ended with some good morals here. Uh, watch The Good Place. <laughs> buy Adam's book while he yells at you. And uh, don't do all of the cocaine because the teenagers are depressed. Right. Just some of it. Yeah, just some of it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming out. Have a wonderful night. Yeah.